Hi, we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan, and this week I'm joined by Matt in London, Ben in LA, and Andy in Oakland. Welcome, guys. Um, uh, how was your game week? Matt, I'm going to come to you first. How did it go? Um, I mean, you sort of always measure your game week versus everyone else, like in, in, or your rivals. So from that perspective, it's not gone fantastic, but not gone badly. I think sort of level pegging with most. Uh, Someone's 64 at the moment with Calvert Lewin less to play. Uh, Fernandez being the uh, captain, Fernandez, and that sort of saved my game week. But um, other than that, it's the the holes in my team are, are starting to get exposed. With Richie has been a really bad transfer for me, uh, Matt Richie. Uh, that's not really worked out. Uh, I went for a double transfer of Foden and Mares, uh, thinking that Man City are thrashing every team they play. Get some players in there; they'll they'll continue that and. They promptly lost 1-0 to Southampton, so that's been a bit rubbish. Uh, but, but yeah, so-so, so-so. Yeah. Who did you take out for Foden and Mahrez? Uh Son, so I don't know how he's going to do. Probably get a hat-trick, no my luck. Um, and who was the other guy? Oh, Richarlison, so as well, he also hasn't played. So I don't know how badly that transfer went yet. Ah, oh, fingers crossed. Um, okay, how about you, Andy? How was your game week? So I'm on 71 right now, um, but I have Gomez to come in for Alonso, which took me to 77, and I have Dina and Calvert-Lewin left to play against a miserable Tottenham side, so I'm quite excited about this week. Um, my, I made two transfers this week. I brought in um, Sam Maxima um, for Mason Mount, and I brought in, um, what was my other transfer? Trossard? I don't remember now, what did I do? Trossard, yes, I brought in Leandro Trossard. He got 11 points for me, of course. How can I forget? So that's gone well. Um, and I've actually already dumped him again. Poor <laughs> 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 Phil Foden, because I'm a genius. So uh, next week, <laughs> Phil Foden, a better start. But yeah, this week's gone well. Look, I'm going to be, uh, you know, 80s or 90s this week. So that's a pretty good week. You, you've got such a fun team. You're clearly trying to kind of climb the ranks with differentials you've got Dina, alonso saint allen um trossard yeah it's, it's good fun um the one thing i regret is that i I've, i don't know whether you guys saw this there was a fake news article that the mirror got tricked by and ran the story um and this then appeared in my news feed that um fernandez and pogba had bumped into each other in training and injured each other and because of that news article, I took Martial off triple captain like the night before the game, which uh, was really annoying because I would have had even more points this week. But it's what it is. Oh, man. At least you've still got it in your back pocket. Yeah, right. <laughs> also, also, Andy, I mean, come on. How, how believable does that story sound? As soon as I read it, I was like, this is, this is complete rubbish. Well, see, I... I if I if I hadn't seen it from like an actual newspaper that I'd heard of, but it came up. It was, I've got the Bleacher Report feed, and it came through. And like the mirror, I was like, the mirror. That's like a paper I've heard of at least. Like it might be true. I, I, I was like operating without very much sleep. So I was like, oh, oh no, uh, let's let's not use my triple captain. <laughs> I think that's a fair. I have more actually this week because I'm a casty on the bench. If only I'd seen uh, that one nil. Man City lost, then I would have had McCarthy on 11 points as well. Yeah, unlikely, I think, that one. that That's 
I'll give you the Martial trouble captain, maybe not McCarthy on the bench. Um, well, our, our joint team saw it coming, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, we might get to that later on. Ben, how about you? How was your game week? Pretty average. I got 60, um, 66 points uh, with a hit. So I think that's probably a small red arrow or could be a large one depending on what Tottenham Everton is tomorrow. Um, but yeah, pretty average. Uh, Half Fernandez, Martial, Rashford, which was good, but Captain Salah, um, which was looking terrible until he got a last-minute assist. So dodged a bullet there. I think the t- I made two transfers, uh, rage transfers from last week. I got rid of Saka for Foden, and obviously Saka got ten points. But I, honestly, I don't think I would have played him. And then I I got De Bruyne in for Son like Matt, so yeah, don't know what Son's going to do tomorrow, but probably saw a hat-trick, like Matt said. Um, the only part of my team that I really like right now is Emiliano Martinez, three clean sheets in three. Oh, what a legend. And people doubted me when I said he's my first choice keeper. You, Duncan. Me, me included, <laughs> because it, it was insane. <laughs> and you've been incredibly lucky. Um, um I have plans to get him out, but I, I don't know. Now I might just keep him in. What a legend. He's also looked really good in those games. He's looked like a really safe pair of hands. So. Yeah, I was just going to say, against Wolves, he, I thought he was great. He was really he, commanding. Really. Has, he, yeah. has he ever conceded a goal? In his life? I don't know. <laughs> in his Arsenal career? <laughs> yes, he has conceded goals in his <laughs> Arsenal career. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have to say, we're not doing... Um, FBL moments of the week, but if we were, then being the evil man that I am, Ben bringing in De Bruyne for a minus four and a one pointer would have been my highlight of the week. Yeah, I, 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 it was a rage transfer because I took De Bruyne out for Martial, which you know probably in the long run is fine. But then when he scored all those points against Liverpool, I was like, oh, can't really, can't really afford not to bring him back in because of his high ownership. I think it will serve you well if you look at their fixtures from now until the end of the season there. It's a sea of green and the sea of goals, I'm sure, for, for De Bruyne. Um, my week was, I don't think, as good as any of you so far, which is a bit sad because it started so well. I had a Fernandez captain. I brought him in last week and he got me 15 points this week. 15 points for my captain. Uh, I've got Martial as well. So it's all going well. I I... I had to bring in a striker to replace Aubameyang this week. And the sensible bet, I think, would have been to bring in Rashford. But Ben has Rashford. And if I stand any vague, tiny chance of catching Ben, then I, I couldn't really bring him in. So took a bit of a punt. Probably should have gone Greenwood, but I went for Harry Kane. So I'm yet to see. Uh, we're recording on Sunday nights. So I'm yet to see how that's gone. But that is a bit of a massive punt for a Spurs team who are playing so badly at the moment. Um, but do you know uh, what though? That's uh, an that's an incredible sentence, isn't it? That you had a choice between Harry Kane at what eleven million odd and Mason Greenwood at forty four five million. Yeah, I know. But it's not about the money at the end of the season, is it? Uh, it's about the form, and <laughs> Greenwood has that. Um, yeah. uh, oh well. Um, <laughs> Kane's a good choice, though. I mean, I'm I'm tempted by Kane because yeah, he, he does have those goals, doesn't he? Even though they've been playing badly, he's still scoring at the moment. I quite like this period in the season because I, I'm not a maverick manager. I'm I'm cursed with 
the occasional aberration of sense in a single game week but i'm not i'm quite boring quite dull i just do the kind of sensible thing i think uh, quite a lot but um go with the crowd but at the end of the season when you're trying to catch people you're kind of forced into those magic moves and it does make it a bit more exciting and if things don't go well you can kind of blame it on the fact that oh i kind of had to do that um but it, yeah it definitely adds a bit of spice i think um so a bit of a change to this pod from previous pods so we've got two game weeks to preview coming up we've got game week 34 plus and 35 plus um so instead of running through all 20 fixtures um and previewing all of them uh some of them miles off in the distance we are instead gonna talk about topical things so i've called this section talking points um and andy i'm going to come to you first you what's your first kind of talking point for this these two game weeks see my, my first talking point is uh, is liverpool um they've obviously won the league now and i think we we obviously saw most of their first team play this week i think they wanted to just you know get over that city result and with a definite win before they started really rotating um but my my talking point is for for you guys to discuss what do you, what do you think is going to happen with their team now? Do you think they're going to rotate? I, I guess I, I'm assuming so. And which reserve players do you think are likely to come in and be bargain signings? Who are you going to fire that at first? Uh, I'm going to fire that at the one person who's not a Man U fan, Duncan. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, not sure about reserves, but definitely rotation. I think he's kind of showed that already playing... Uh, today against um, Villa, he brought in Oxley Chamberlain and Cater um, in the same midfield, and I don't think he's done that uh, very much at all because I think last time he did, uh, they didn't play very well and they looked very weak and conceded. So that's a bit of experimentation or trying to get players to play together who haven't previously done very well at that. Um, so yeah, I, I see, and also Firmino was dropped as well, so Origi comes in. Um, but just generally, my my thoughts on Liverpool are uh, that their backups uh, really aren't at the level that you'd expect from, you know, the, the champions of Europe and the champions of England now um, at the moment. So I don't think I think Origi maybe is good fun on a free hit because a lot of people might still have their free hit, um, me included, for the occasional week. But I don't think I want him in my team long term. Um, well, not, you know, for until the end of the season. And, you know, people like Minamino, Shakiri, I, I just, I think that's something that they really need to do this summer is to strengthen their reserves, make them uh, you know, higher quality. And they've got a lot of exciting youngsters, but I think fancy-wise, I'm not really interested in them. I think there's better places to go. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> So you don't think any? Uh, that, that, that was really where I was going with that. Then with the uh, the, the the youngsters, because having won the league, it might be an opportunity to uh, to to give some of those a try because they're obviously quite um, well. There are a few of them that are highly rated and uh, quite been under pressure for quite a lot of the season to to give them more minutes. You don't think that's going to happen? I think it will happen because Klopp said uh, a couple of game weeks ago, maybe uh, he said when he was asked after they won the league. Um, are you going to be rotating? He said, yeah, definitely. We're going to be rotating. Uh, we're going to have to use all the players because um, we've got a big squad. We've got a lot of games packed in together. Um, 
so I think he'll keep rotating. Um, and also, I, th- I think having watched them in the last two games against City, straight after winning the league, and against Villa, I saw I saw most of that game. And I think they're just Liverpool relies so much on that high energy pressing intensity level, uh, which I think comes so much from like a crazy desire to right the the wrongs of 30 years without a league title and um yeah you know getting back into the champions league reckoning and getting more european cups for liverpool and i think once that's not a thing anymore i don't think they're the same team so i, I haven't got any liverpool players apart from trent at the moment and so yeah i think defensively maybe that's the place to go because their fixtures um i think they're safer defensively than they are attacking wise all right, fair enough. Uh, my slightly, I think I, I sort of agree, but also disagree. I think there'll be less rotation than people are saying. So I, I definitely wouldn't go for like some young up and coming and expect them to play many games. Because I think they'll, they'll be keeping their core players uh, like Mane and Salah playing most games because they may be going for individual honours. I think there's a bit of pride, especially after they got spanked by City, Klopp was saying afterwards that He's not just going to give away uh, starts and Premier League games to any any anyone, and that they uh, he seemed really really quite angry actually uh, in the aftermath of that. And so I thought they were going to spank Villa, but they they didn't really uh, well they weren't able to cut loose that that well against Villa. So I, I think they've still got maybe a a potential good win in them, but I think Dunk's also dead right that they've just lost a little bit of edge and they relied so much on their edge that maybe they are. Uh, Maybe the players that like Salah and Trent and and Mane that were were so lucrative but also are so expensive aren't quite worth it for the next few games. So uh, you might see a fair few brave managers uh, be uh, get get rewarded for for subbing subbing them out. What do you reckon, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Matt. <laughs> You know, watching Liverpool today as a Salah captain that was pretty painful and got bailed out at the end. Um, I, I still think he's trying to go for Golden Boot, and I, I've heard Klopp talk about trying to go for the points record as well. So, pro- my guess is probably some light rotation. What Matt said, though, I think is right. Is once you start lacking intensity, I, I think they're not gonna they're not gonna thrash teams um, as much as like a, a Man City or a you know a Man United either. <laughs> get, that, get that in there early. Nice one. Does that answer your question, Andy? Certainly does. Okay. Um, ben, what's your, your first talking point? My first talking point is um, what, de- what defences should managers be targeting for the, the run-in? Um, I can kick it off a bit. So, um, pop quiz for you. Which are the top six teams in terms of least shots conceded in the Premier League this season. So Duncan, who are why they? Don't, yeah, Duncan, why don't you have a guess? Uh, I'd say City. Yep. Okay, over to Matt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Liverpool? Yes. Andy? Um, I'm going to say... 
Chelsea because Kepa lets them all in, so they would have lost loads of games. <laughs> <laughs> Addy is correct. Chelsea, yes, also top six least least shots conceded on goal. Has someone said Man United already? No, Man United okay. is one. There are okay. two left in the top six. Matt, uh, I was going to take Man U. Just you know, bump, bump in the order. Um, Whoever who loses. Really uh, loses this game. Uh, yeah, let's go for Wolves. You are correct. Ooh. Oh, that's who I was going to say. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> Andy, don't mess it up for all of us now. Um, who should I go for? You should go for Sheffield United. Oh, no. Oh, shots. Mm. Shots conceded. Yeah, because he's he's saved quite a few, hasn't he? Yeah, Henderson's had a good good season. Probably good. Like the, my my logic behind Chelsea was that they've got a bad goalkeeper and still haven't conceded that many goals. Um, maybe Palace. What do you think about Palace? I'm not got some answer yet. Pa- what do you think, uh, Matt and Duncan? What do you think about Palace? Um, Burnley, I'd say. Oh no, Burnley can see loads of long ranges. Don't yeah, they? yeah, they just let people shoot from <laughs> from difficult angles. I reckon it's like a trick question. So it's like it's someone like Villa or something stupid. It's not Villa. <laughs> oh, <it's> <laughs> God's sake! Could uh, it be Newcastle? Yeah, go go go, go Maverick. Yeah, you're going Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle. No, incorrect. Um, oh. I think the answer is actually maybe a little bit more obvious than uh, you guys think. It's Leicester. Oh. It's just the top top six, then. (laughs) That's really (laughs) Thanks for that, Ben. Um, So those are the kind of uh, top kind of uh, shots conceded defenders. Um, I I was just thinking, going into the end of the season, are people sort of wild cards? I think we've talked a lot about the Wolves defenders being good, um, Man U defenders. Obviously, a lot of people sort of Trent... Um, but any other defenders you guys think are good picks for the end of the season? I think um, I think Everton defence has looked pretty good. I mean, it's tricky saying this before Everton play their game tomorrow, recording this before they play, um, before they get spanked by Harry Kane. But um, defensively, I think they've looked good. You know, picked up a couple of clean sheets, one against Liverpool. Um and they've got some cheap defenders. They've got Holgate. They've got attacking defenders. They've got Dina, who's a differential as well. Um, and you know they're playing teams, teams like Wolves, who are you know don't go and batter teams. Villa, Sheffield United, Bournemouth. You know those are really nice fixtures um, defensively. So I'm quite interested in Everton defenders. Mm. I think when it comes to defenders too, I I. I... Outside of those top six, I'm probably not looking for clean sheets a lot. I'd be looking at maybe attacking players like Aurier is, is one, uh, Van Arnold's a classic end of season type pick, where uh, just some sort of flying flying fullback that decides they've got even more license to go forward because there's nothing to play for might be a might be the one. That's a really good shout. That's that's why Van Arnold does that at the end of the season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because well, Palace are always just no, like in that in that no man's land, right? Where there's nothing to play for, they're not going to get relegated. That's always where they are at the end of the season as well. Yeah, 
and it's just the last couple of games when they're like, okay, we're we're allowed to get away from the rope system that Rogerson, Roy Hudson has them doing in training just over and over again. He's yeah. allowed to attack finally. I think it's partly that. I think partly also that Van Hull makes those runs all season, but then right at the end, people can't be bothered tracking him as much because they've also sort of lost their intensity. And so suddenly he gets through on goal quite a lot more. Yeah. Nice one. So you're going Palace? Uh, uh, he was an example of a player I might pick, but there was also the top six to pick from. And I think I'd be going three at the back. So uh, I, don't, I don't know if he'll get in, but certainly as you get towards, as I get more and more desperate to try and catch Ben, and I have to pick a player he, he's not already picking. And uh, maybe he's the way I'll go. I think it sounds like a Matt Ritchie captaincy for you at some point. <laughs> Thank you. That that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> when Matt goes maverick, things go wrong. <laughs> uh, the the only other play I'll throw in for people to think about is there, I think there is now a playing 4.0, Tariq Lanty from Brighton. So if you need an enabler, he, he might be a good one as well. And a couple of nice fixtures coming up, Liverpool and Man City. Yeah, maybe after that. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Andy, what do you reckon? Um, I think there's defensive defensive weapons. There's value in Wolves and Everton. They're, they're playing each other next week, but um, so maybe nil nil there. Uh, but I think there's value in both of those defenses. Um, they're teams that are like on the fringe of that um, Europe area of the of the league. So they've both got something to play for. Um, I think that at the end of the season, that's what I look for is like who's actually still got something to play for and who's just thrown in the towel because they've got nothing left to go, nothing left to play for. So, um, given that they're both teams with good defenses, um, they've had they've, they've given pretty good yields um, for Everton since Ancelotti took over and Wolves all season. So maybe those two teams. Yeah, you happy with that, Ben? Yep. Okay, Matt, you're up. What's your first talking point? So my talking point is um, quite a few managers have three hits left, um, but there's only uh, four weeks in which to play it. So it's uh, it's sort of getting decision time now. Is it four weeks or five weeks? Five. Five, five weeks. Five. Yeah. yeah, five weeks in which to play it. So um, I think there's the, the, the main train of thought that I think a lot of people, including myself, uh, is just to wait and wait and wait because you never know. You might suddenly get an injury crisis in your team and, you say actually, no, a free hit might be the answer this week, um, or and then then have in reserve for that final day, um, which is often lots and lots of random rotation. Uh, you can throw it all in on all the fixtures uh, because there's nothing left to play for, um, and you can go as punty as you like because you're just trying to catch up whoever is really close to you in your mini league. Um, the alternatives though is in the couple of game weeks before. Uh, you do, I think, game week 36, uh, you've got Chelsea players playing Norwich. Uh, looks like a bit of a thrashing, but I mean, I don't have any Chelsea players at the moment, so that might be one where you want to load up. That week, Man City play Bournemouth, if you want to max out on your Man City assets. Uh, so it's just sort of looking out for where there might be a big team playing a team that's like uh, conceding loads and loads of goals. Um, so I think 36 is a potential good one. I also think 37 is not a bad one. Um, City have got Watford. Um, I think, yeah, you've got Liverpool and Chelsea playing each other. So you might want to get rid of those assets and load up on, say, Arsenal or something who are playing Villa that week. Um, 
So I just think looking at the tactics like that. Also, you got Burnley and Southampton that week are playing Bournemouth and uh, Bournemouth and Norwich, and I'm always looking out for the Bournemouth and Norwich games at the moment because uh, they seem to be shipping goals left, right, and centre. So uh, just I think there's the sort of those little quirks of where you think the easiest fixtures lie uh, might be if they don't if they're not players those teams that anyone has and they might be the, the time to actually get the most out of your free hit um, rather than just leaving it to that last game week um, and the randomness that I think lots of people will be doing. What do you reckon, Ben? Have you still got your free hit left? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I like Matt's reasoning. Um, 34 as well, where Spurs played Bournemouth. I know, I know Spurs are terrible, but say they do have a good result against Everton. That that fixture scares me a little bit as not having like a Kane or Son. Um, so yeah, I think I'm I'm tempted to leave it till the final fixture because my guess is we'll all be actually pretty close to each other by then. But I do like some of the weeks Matt called out where it could make sense to play it earlier. What do you think, Andy? I think 38 is a bit of a lottery and trying to target game week 38 where like managers could be doing all kinds of things with their teams could be a risky strategy. Um, so I, I like the idea of playing it in 36 or 37. Um, Man City v Bournemouth looks like a, a, a fixture to target for, to me. So maybe game week 36 might be a good one. Um, I've still got my triple captain left. So I was thinking about that, that uh, uh, free hit might actually be a better move because every roulette on your triple captain is always a high-risk strategy. So um, I'm quite looking, quite liking the look of uh, game week 36 right now. For me, I think it's... Um, the other thing with free hit is it's kind of quite an individual thing about your own team. Like I've been trying to look at what my team will look at across the final few game weeks and trying to pick which one they look worst in and maybe not basing it on the who's got the big team with a small team kind of fixture, just going on my own team where I look like I can make the, the largest gap between my real team and my free hit team. Um, yeah, it's obviously tricky trying to work that out with transfers in and transfers out and stuff like that. But it's nice to maybe have that in the back pocket. And if there's one game week where you turn up and your team is suddenly uh doesn't look so good maybe there's an injury here or you're not sure if this person's going to start for man city because they played the whole last two games then it's quite nice just to have that in your back pocket just in case you need it and if not then you can use it like ben in the final week but that's just my two pence do you that's... have a free hit dunk or you yeah yeah hitless? yeah no i've got a free hit yeah um so that make you scared <laughs> no, I, I like the uh, the way that I uh, I always talk this up. It's like, oh, you might want to think about this and do this. And then what will inevitably all of us do that we've got three hits left is leave it to the final game with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then probably pick the same players with each other yeah. because yeah. Yeah, the obvious ones to go for. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. I think maybe the best thing to try and do is not free hit when everyone else is going to free hit. Try and pick the week where no one else is thinking of doing it. Probably give give you a bit of an edge. Right, um, well, thanks, so for sign, thanks for signposting <laughs> going final week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no worries. Um, okay. Uh, so my talking point is probably the first one is I want to I want to know your fears. I, I want to know what makes keeps you up at night apart from your small children. Um, 
So, yeah, what what is your your biggest fear in FPL for the rest of the season? That question to Ben first. Uh, I have two big fears. I think one is getting caught in our mini league <laughs> by Matt and Duncan. Um, not super sorry, Andy. Not super worried about about the other potters for now. Um, <laughs> but you know the gap is only what. 30 20 30 points that's definitely not insurmountable um so honestly part of my part of my kdb to martial move uh, two weeks ago was exactly to block matt (laughs) (laughs) although i think i think that that was a good decision in hindsight um double bluff (laughs) (laughs) and my other fear i think is actually harry kane Yes, because um, they have a lot of good fixtures. Yeah, my big my, my big fear is Kane versus Bournemouth because Bournemouth are awful, and they just ship four or five goals. Um, do, so, do you know? So you, do you know who the player is with the most big chances since the start of since the restart? Uh, Harry Kane. No. Yes, it is Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's probably one of my fears. I don't know if I'm scared enough to block that move, but um, ooh, I guess I'll see how Spurs get on against Everton tomorrow. Okay, nice one. How about you, Andy? What's your biggest fear? <sighs> I mean, it's, they've all come true already. <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing left to fear. You're free. <laughs> Hence your, yeah. hence your fun team. Like I missed the restart, <laughs> and like the, the double game week happened without me noticing. <laughs> like I don't, know what, I don't know how much worse it can get than that. <laughs> yeah, your your biggest fear is missing the restart, which happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It already started. <laughs> Um, I guess maybe being called by the joint team. <laughs> <laughs> a pro- oh, a fate worse than death. <laughs> yeah, talk about it. I mean, uh, what are they? They're 1849. They're, they're what, 30 points behind me. So I suppose it, it could happen, although I've got more players left to play than it has this week. So we, hopefully um, uh, Everton will, will tonk Tottenham with Calvin and Hattrick. Before we came on and started recording, we were discussing whether we were going to uh, sort out our joint team because to be fair it has been a bit of a ghost ship for the last uh, <laughs> couple of weeks since the restart but that's a good motivation surely to <laughs> to get back yeah, on it just yeah. to to catch Andy yeah yeah you're right maybe we could transfer in Matt Ritchie as captain that'd be a great idea <laughs> yeah. Andy's <laughs> Andy, yeah Andy's choice this week on the free <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt what's what's your biggest fear uh well I mean Having duds like Matt Ritchie in my team is a, a big fear. Uh, I think, yeah, I guess that's less fear. It's more of a sort of regret at the moment. But um, I guess the fear is that um, the temptation to go more and more punty as we get towards these final things and realising that my talents at being punty when I'm a very Delard manager uh, are very limited. So I, I, I fear that each, each risk I take, take is going to get punished and uh, it's going to put me off ever taking a risk again in NFBL? I think it's kind of the same for me in terms of fear. It's it's because I have to go punty to try and catch both of you at the top of the league. Uh, yeah, it's it's then blowing 
blowing it completely and getting dropping out of the top 100k i think i do this quite often like i think that happened last season where i was in second behind matt and i was trying to catch him so i was taking kind of punty transfers and i ended up losing second place to ben yeah um, and it's, I, I guess it's thought, one of the, sorry sorry duncan you finish I just thought at the time it didn't really matter, but then Ben started ribbing me about it straight away. And it, <laughs> it turned out it did matter. <laughs> I, mean, I guess, yeah, it's it's taking risks at this stage of the season. I mean, everyone says, oh, you just take more risks, but it's about being balanced again, isn't it? I mean, this is the most dull answer, but like it's trying to get that right level of risk taking where you're not just being completely ridiculous uh, and going for, I don't know, a Southampton clean sheet against City, but... Uh, it's sort of taking those uh, calculated risks and seeing if they're going to come off. But then I don't want to get to the end of the season and regret not having taken enough risks to actually give myself a chance of catching Ben when he keeps blocking me with every move I do that, that works out. <laughs> nice one. Uh, back to Andy, I think, for your second question, second talking point. Yeah, so um, in the chase for the Champions League, um, it seems pretty unlikely the City are going to miss out. With Arsenal having beaten Wolves, it seems like that means it's uh, most likely a three-horse race um, between United, Leicester and Chelsea, of which everyone's already maxed out on United. So my question is, out of Leicester and Chelsea, which do you think looks more uh, appealing and which players? And who's that question to to start with? I'm going to go for Ben. Easy, Chelsea. Um, I've been watching them play. They they look good. I think Pulisic is a really good pick. Um, I think 7.0 starts all the games, um, wins a penalty every game, um, and therefore my second pick is William, who takes all the penalties and scores all of them at 7.2. I think those two are, are good picks. Um, if more kind of differential picks, if you're trying to catch catch um, mini-league leader. Um, and I think I would stop there. I know Chelsea's defenders um, have a pretty good run. They're just a little bit kind of too expensive for my taste. Um, but they do have good fixtures. They have Palace, Sheffield United, Norwich, uh, Liverpool weighs hard, but then Wolves as well. So, yeah, I think, I think clearly Chelsea over Leicester for me. No love, for Jamie, no love for Jamie Vardy over here for me. Either. Even after his two goals. Yeah. yeah. Palace just gave, literally just gave him the goals. I'm so upset. Yeah. Oh, Sacco. Mamadou Sacco. That was <laughs> yeah. awful. Um, speaking of the Pudisic getting a, a penalty every game he's played, do you see Etienne Capu's foul on him for the penalty? He was, uh, Pudisic was on left side of the box taking on, I think, a couple of players, maybe one player. And the player was kind of standing him up, and then just Kapu comes out of nowhere, pushes past his own player, and just goes into him like a train. It wasn't even a tackle; he just like ran into him at full speed. Um, lovely to see, Matt. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't like the fixtures of Leicester, um, so I'm not tempted by Leicester just in the back of their one game, which they won, and Vardy. But it, I mean the. I was watching the match of the day um, and they were saying how the moment Vardy scored, he went from this very frustrated striker that just couldn't score, that was trying too hard 
to suddenly a lot more freedom, making those right runs, playing a bit more confident. So it wouldn't surprise me if he goes on a bit of a run. Uh, so it's, I guess it's whether I'm brave enough to put him on the back of one one game where, as you say, he, he scored some fairly easy goals that were defensive mistakes. Uh, or or do I wait for this next fixture? And if he scores on that one, then then do you put him in after that? Um, where he's got... Yeah, so it's, was it's Arsenal next... Uh, which seems to be an impossible team to score against at the moment. Uh, no chance with their defence. <laughs> so solid. <laughs> yeah, there's no mistakes in that Louise uh, defence. <laughs> so, yeah, it's Mustafi, <laughs> Louise, and plus one. <laughs> but but we, we mark, uh, they have now got three clean sheets in a row, so uh, they're obviously doing something right. But yeah, if they if he scores in that one, then it's Bournemouth after that. So, I mean, who could resist that? So, I think... Uh, uh, I'd say both both teams. I wouldn't prefer one or the other. I think Pulisic and William are good picks. Uh, although I just I hate William as an FPL asset. He just always finds a way to disappoint. He tempts you in with two or three weeks of good form. As soon as you put him in, he just stinks up the place, and you wonder why the hell you put you spent all that money on on William. Uh, but yet again, he's he's doing that. He's he's teasing me. He's teasing me, and so I, I might I might might go. I might bite. Uh, and see, see where we get. And then Pulisic looks quite class, but uh, I, I don't know. It's still a small rotation risk or sub sub minutes time risk. Uh, so Chelsea are quite difficult to pick their players at the moment because there's so much rotation going on. Uh, because Giroud and Abraham are quite difficult to pick between. I'd, I'd like whoever. I, if I knew who their starting striker was, I might pick a Chelsea player. But at the moment, I don't know which of them two are going to start each game. Um, and then only Vardy. Yeah, only Vardy at Leicester is the only one that tempts me. That really is where the intrigue is, I think, in this question, in that Leicester have a pretty settled first team. Chelsea have a lot more rotation, but will probably do get better results. So that, that's where the intrigue lies. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's right. It's right. Um, yeah. Do you go for the, uh, the player you know is going to start, but the player you actually want because they've got the better fixtures, they're playing better and scoring more? I think with, with both teams for me, it's a, a case of get them quick or don't get them at all. I think I agree with what you're all saying. You know, Willian, Pulisic, Vardy are the players to go for. But um, the next three fixtures for both of them are, are pretty nice. But then the final two aren't so good. Um, so it's possibly something where you get them in early. One of those two final fixtures, maybe you play your free hit and you don't worry about it. And the final game week, you maybe transfer them out. Um, so it doesn't affect you too much, but it's not one where you can kind of hang around really and wait, I think. Um, but act quite quickly. You happy with that, Andy? Solid answers. Thank you, guys. Um, Matt, what's your next question? Um, so my next question uh, is trying to work out the best goalkeeper for the, for the run-in. Uh, this is partly because... Um, I think for the, you, you mentioned earlier, Duncan, that uh, suddenly money becomes less of a less of a factor um, as you get towards the end of the season. Um, so for most of the season, I'd, I'd usually advocate going for a cheap starting goalkeeper because it doesn't make a whole lot of difference uh, week in, week out. Uh, and you may as well just save the money and spend it in midfield or attack. Um, but I think towards the end of the season, people have usually accumulated a bit more of a, a team value uh, there's everyone's worked out who the bargains are, and so there might be a, a few extra pounds to spend on um, 
on a, a premium goalkeeper if you think they'll outscore the others in the final weeks. Uh, anyway, that was my logic. I went for that trick. Uh, I didn't go Martinez. I went De Gea, and it's all gone horribly wrong so far. And De Gea conceded two goals against Bournemouth, uh, whilst Martinez has kept three clean sheets in a row. So, uh, who, who would you guys say is the best goalkeeper to for the for the run in? Who are you going to fight that one? Yeah, yeah, I have a, I have an answer. I think it's really easy that one. I think it's Nick Pope because uh, Burnley they've got. They have Liverpool. That's the only hard picture they've got. Um, I think. Let me just make sure that's true. Yeah, they've got West Ham, then Liverpool. But then they've got um, Norwich, who will probably be already down. Wolves, um, who have not, by then, I think, have nothing to play for. Um, and who's their last fixture? Brighton, a lot on the last day, nothing to play for. So I think Nick Pope is a uh, uh, easy choice. Unless, of course, you want to go for the man who never concedes, which uh, who Ben already has. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. I think Nick Pope has been on great form up until this point, but I think I'm not so sure about the fixtures for Burnley. I think Liverpool away is really tough, uh, so you've got to have a good backup keeper. I think Wolves is tough. I think in three games' time, Wolves will still have something to play for because that's the that's the kind of toughest fight uh, I think left is who's going to get into the Champions League. You know, they've got. Chelsea, Man United, Wolves, Arsenal, even Sheffield United as well, slightly fighting for it. So I don't think that's going to be settled until the end of the season. Um, so I think they'll still be going for it, and they're quite a tough team to play against. Um, yeah, end of the season, like Norwich and Brighton, great. They'll either be down or they'll be um, on the beach. So, But yeah, I, I think even West Ham away, West Ham is scoring goals suddenly, and they're looking a threat. So... Burnley are going to have nothing to play for. And I think in seasons gone past, they have got the flip-flops out. I think they've been Johnny flip-flop uh, towards like the very end of the season. So not so sure about Pope. Who would your what pick you be, think? Duncan? Oh, <laughs> now you're asking me. <laughs> um, hmm. Who my pick would be? I would pick... Um, I'm going to pick someone because... Uh, I have to pick a differential because that's what I need at the moment. So I'm going to say, based on fixtures, Fabianski. I think no one else will be going for Fabianski because that they have not been in good defensive form. But they've got Burnley at home, Norwich, Watford at home, uh, Man United, which is not so great, but maybe that's a free hit week in 37, and then Aston Villa at home. So in terms of teams that don't score very many goals, Burnley, Norwich, Watford and Villa is pretty astounding. And three of those are home games. So... Yeah, I think West Ham are a good differential shout. Duncan, when is the last time Fabianski kept a clean sheet? Uh, I don't think he ever has. <laughs> has, he, <laughs> has he kept a clean sheet this season? I'm not sure. Uh, game see. week 21. I'm, I'm looking at his recent form. Two, 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 <laughs> one. <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, so it's a diff- so, Oh, my God. He's got twos all the way back to game week 24. I know that's why I asked. It's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> wow. This, this is your point. Well, this is a lot of averages, right? That must have been the other way at some point. Oh, my God. That is, so, that is maverick. So, for our, listeners, for our listeners, Duncan, you're suggesting. <laughs> hey, if you're trying to pick a player that no one else is going to pick, and that's, what, that's what's going to help you climb your league, Matthew, then you have to do something different. Uh, yeah. Someone else take the take the microphone. <laughs> um, 
I think my view is, it, I don't think it matters at this stage. I think there are probably a group of five goalkeepers that you could choose and they'd all roughly score the same amount of points in the last five game weeks. I think it's not going yeah. to make or break uh, your season. But if I did have to choose, I would actually choose De Gea. I, I mean, I know Manu conceded uh, too, but I think Manu's fixture one is pretty good. And prior to Bournemouth, our defence had looked pretty solid. So, um, yeah, I would, go, I would go De Gea, but I that's, really think it doesn't. It does, no, I don't think it no. matters. It's mind games, Matt. Don't listen to him. He's, <laughs> he's trying to stop you getting Fabianski. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Four the point hair, eight. The, the, the hair is Fabianski. madness <laughs> because it means you've only got three man. You've only got three man new players you can have. That means you've got to pick two man new outfielders in the hair. Yeah, that's, that's madness. True. That's true. Yeah. I would have three attackers every day. That is the fall I, of my side at the moment. Not being yeah. able to get Rashford or Wan Bissaka in because I went for De Gea when I had a wild card. Um, which is a slight regret, uh, which only which would cost a, probably a hit to get out uh, to get someone like Fabianski in. So whether that man can make up a four point hit, I'm not quite sure. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, my my next question is: What are the best differentials, excluding goalkeepers, to climb your mini league at the end of the season? And I'm going to send that over to Ben, who doesn't need differentials because he's at the top. Uh, my pick is Antonio, Mikko Antonio, West Ham, 6.9 million, plays in good form, 12 points and 7 points last two game weeks. West Ham's good fixtures. Um, yeah, I just like him. He's a good, good player. Uh, fun to I watch as well. Fun to watch, less than 1% ownership as well. So, um yeah, I think if I if I was trying to catch people, he would be in my team. And I've been following um, Magnus Carlsen, who is, you know, the chess player who I think is top 10 ranked. He played his wild card this weekend. He has Antonio as well. So there you go. Hey, that's pretty cool. What about you, Andy? You're the king of the differentials at the moment. Yeah, I've got quite a few in my team. Um, I think... The two that I'm really liking that I have are Dina and San Maxima. Um, Dina because they have a lot to play for, and San Maxima because I like in about October I was like that guy looks like he's going to be a good player, and you all went who because he was this new guy that no that hadn't really done much, but I just watched him in one game and he looked really lively. And I think now is the moment where he's just come to life, and uh, and that player is, is becoming reality. So. Um, Although Newcastle might not have much to play for, he's like hyperactive when he's on the pitch and doesn't seem to uh, have the ability to turn the energy levels down. So I think he's still going to keep playing properly. So yeah, I think um, probably one of those two would be my pick. I'm not sure which. Nice. What about you, Matt? Um, how are we defining differential for this question? Low ownership. So... I think a player who has effective low ownership right now, uh, rather than he probably might have a bit higher ownership, is Obama Yang. Because um, even, even people who had him for that uh, amazing points haul have now sold him, uh, Duncan. Uh, and I think he might be slightly fixture proof because he's going for the golden boot. He got the golden boot last season. Uh, Arsenal playing really well, uh, and he's their best player. Um, so I think. He's a sort of player that's not in many teams that are really going for it um, at the moment. I, don't, I haven't seen him in too many of the rate my team type uh, sort of uh, 
below the line. So I think, uh, yeah, I think he's one that might might surprise a few people. See, I think you're right there, Matt, because uh, Aubameyang seems to make a clear point of only scoring when he's not in my team and never scoring when he is. And he's not in my team right now, so he will score lots of points. I'd, I'd recommend him highly. <laughs> I think for me, uh, picking up on what Matt said a bit earlier, I think William is a great differential. I think he's kind of that kind of Pogba player around the similar kind of kind of quite low price, not a great goal threat, pits up the odd assist and the odd uh, goal from free kicks and stuff like that. But if you add penalties to his repertoire, suddenly, you know, it's a goal and assist or a goal here or there. Um, four goals in his last three games. Um, yeah, he's on the best form, I think, he's ever been for Chelsea. And he's so cheap as well. And he's seriously lowly owned because of that reason. He's got that kind of martial factor of, People have been there before and they've been burned before and they've kind of he's kind of pissed everyone off. Um so I think I think he's a really good differential shout. Um yeah, is that everyone? Has everyone chipped in with a differential? Yep. yep. I think so. Okay. Um I think that brings us to the end of the talking points. Anything else from you guys or should we take a break? Break. <laughs> <laughs> now the fans are shouting every week Louis van Gaal's army Louis van Gaal's army so also the fans are very satisfied with Louis van Gaal okay we're back and it's straight over to Ben to let us know how you guys in the listeners league are getting on yeah so top five uh, first is Dave Haskins. Uh, he had a game week of 72 points. Pretty good. Um, Harry Quinn second with 60 points. Uh, I am still in third place somehow. So that's good. Go me. Uh, DC fourth. And then the Art of the Dive Slack podcast team is fifth. Um, and then top scorer this week is... Uh, a team called Red Devils with 86 points. Surprise, surprise. It's someone with <laughs> Red Devils as <is> their name. <laughs> um, Marshall Captain um, with 28 points. Uh, Mane with 11. Mason Greenwood, who I'm surprised we haven't talked about yet this, this week, but is on really great form with 13 points. Um, and then the surprise pick is probably Tarkowski, who got a goal today, and Egan, who got a goal, both in the same game, I believe. So, yeah, good job, Red Devils. Um, so, yeah, that's the Listener League. That would have made that fairly dull fixture pretty exciting for that man, like Tarkowski and Egan. 10-pointer <laughs> and 11-pointer <laughs> in a 1-1 one, one draw. That would be so amazing. If you're watching the game of two centre-backs uh, and like you're just basically hoping for nil-nil, and then they both pop up and score a goal. Yeah, the, the Burnley game is um, always super early in the US. So whenever I wake up and I see that Nick Pope has conceded, I'm, I'm just, it's a, just a great start to my day because I don't have Nick Pope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it for the Listener League. Nice one. Congratulations to the new leader. Um, Matt, we kind of teased it earlier on and we've decided we're going to go back to the joint team because we have to try and catch Andy and bring his worst fears to life. <laughs> so o over to you for the joint team. 
So, yeah, the joint teams uh, got 66 points, I think, or 65 points uh, this last game week, which is pretty decent because we haven't looked at it in a little while. Um, and so it's currently McCarthy with 11 points, pretty star turn there. Um, uh, and then we've got Henderson on the bench. Uh, so that was that was punty from us uh, the last game week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's not genius. That's not a bad base. So you got two starting goalkeepers, both doing pretty good stuff. Then we've got uh, we've got Liverpool double up in defence. Uh, so Trent and Gomez. Uh, so that paid dividends this week. Uh, maybe one to keep. Uh, Lascelles, Bolly. Um, so pretty classic fantasy assets to have there. Uh, and then our Egan on the bench, unfortunately, uh, for us this week, but another Sheffield United defender, fairly solid. Uh, then across midfield, Traore, uh, sort of having a bit of mixed minutes, but always a threat. Um, Salah, uh, we captained. Uh, and then Barnes and Fernandez. So Fernandez seems to be the, the essential. So luckily the team's got him in. Uh, and then up front, uh, Aguero, who we seem to have forgotten, is out for the rest of the season. Uh, and <laughs> Danny Ings, uh, who's uh, done really well in recent weeks, but has some difficult fixtures uh, ahead. Uh, and then Wood, Chris Wood, is our other one. Oh, sorry, and Isaac Hayden is another bench fodder that we have at the moment in midfield. So I believe we've got four and a half million in the bank. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yep. So we can pretty much pick anyone we want. Uh, <laughs> and we've got two transfers. Uh, so uh, I'll turn to Ben first. What's your recommendation for two transfers? Oh, I, th- I think this is, this is easy for me. Um, I reckon we should do three and take a hit and do Aguero to Kane, um, Chris Wood to Greenwood, and... I mean, take your pick from the field, but maybe Harvey Barnes to Martial. That, that way we have our triple man you attack. We have Harry Kane as a differential. And I think that would help us catch Andy. Sounds, sounds well, strong. What do you think? What do you reckon, Duncan? Any alternative strategy? Um, yeah. I like the idea of... Uh, an insane differential attacking trio. I agree with the three transfers, but I think we go Kane, Vardy, Greenwood. Um, oh, right. Yeah, because, because Andy's got Martial. So mm. um, I think, you know, double up for Manu attack is not bad. <clears throat> but I think if you have Vardy and Kane, then you've got Uber differential, which this team needs to climb as much as possible. Because the the ceiling for those three players is huge. I, I think I prefer Duncan's one. There's the Uber attack uh, to to give us yeah, as you say, the, the really high ceilings for each of them. Uh, we'll always pick the one captain, no doubt. But uh, it certainly, I think that will uh, be giving Andy nightmares uh, if we had a strike force like that. Do you know what this means as well? It means we'll have Kane for Bournemouth and Vardy for Bournemouth in the next two Ooh. weeks. That's got to be scary. Yeah. So scary, Andy dropped off the pod. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by, the, by the way, I forgot to mention Andy. Um, Andy had to go and sort out his, his young child and try and get them to sleep. So, um, But he'll hopefully be back next week. Well, when he listens to this, he'll be fighting against a Kane captain. Uh, I assume he wanted to Captain Kane, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kane, Vardy. 
uh, and Greenwood up up top. Should we go for it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do guess that. How, guess how much that leaves us in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a bit to spare with Greenwood. So we had 4.5. We've now got 4.1. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ready, steady. Yeah, there we go. Cool. Are we doing what? Three, four, three. So who do we drop? Um, so at the moment, um, we need to drop one of. Hmm, I'm guessing double Liverpool defence makes sense, right? Gomez and Trent against Brighton. Um, yeah, it's pretty strong. Uh, do we play Traore, or do we think he's just a bit of a? You know, he's a good impact player in real football, not so much in fancy football. Or is it John Egan at home to Wolves or Willy Bolly away to Sheffield United? Um, you you want to play Harvey Barnes against Arsenal? Uh, I would keep Barnes in. I would say his ceiling is higher than Egan at home to Wolves. Hmm. Yeah, maybe drop Egan. What do you reckon, Matt? Hmm. I, I don't know. I like uh, I like Traore. I mean, if I did you see him, Traore, you might as well play him against Sheffield United, right? Did you see him this week had. against Arsenal? He was awful, but Arsenal's wow. def- defense is so good. No, that's not quite what happened. <laughs> he he was basically in the front two with Jimenez, and Yota was dropped. It was basically him and Jimenez, the furthest forward players, and he got through on goal a couple of times. And oh yeah, he he missed that one on one with Martinez, didn't he? Yeah, he missed a couple, I think, of one on ones, and he was involved, but centrally, which is, you know, I think he has much more chance of getting goals than out wide. You know, he can get those assists and um, cause havoc, but centrally, he he looked pretty good. But are you going to get in behind Sheffield United? I'm not sure, but meh. Hey, it's strange to play a Sheffield United defender and two Wolves players, isn't it? You kind of want to be like, okay, well, who's going to win out of those two teams? Yeah, I think go for because we're we're trying to catch up. So you, higher seeding on midfielders. So let's go three four three. Um, yeah, and give Traore and Barnes both a chance. Okay, and captaincy, you reckon Kane, Matt? Definitely. And who about who's the vice captain? Uh, can I can, can I put a shout for Vardy? way to Arsenal he hates Arsenal (laughs) (laughs) or he he loves Arsenal he loves scoring against them and celebrating in their face yeah for what yeah go for it I couldn't care (laughs) less to be honest (laughs) I mean Kane is going to play isn't he so who who, who gives a shit okay (laughs) nice one (laughs) um okay what about captains and transfers this week uh Ben I'll come to you first I am going to bank a transfer finally. I've been trying um, since the restart, but I have failed to do so. Um, so I think my team is actually fairly decently set up because uh, Foden, De Bruyne, I assume, will start against Newcastle, having been semi-rested today. And captaincy, I'm going to learn my lesson, and I'm just, I, I might just captain Bruno Fernandes till the end of the season. <laughs> um, I made a mistake this week. He has only, I think, blanked maybe once or twice since coming to United. And we, we definitely will play him every game. Um, I thought Villa looked 
looked okay against Liverpool, um, but I don't know how hard Liverpool trying. So I'm going to captain Bruno. Nice one. Well, what about you, Matt? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. What about you, Matt? Um, so I haven't decided at all yet. Um, I'm partly waiting to see tomorrow's fixtures. So I've got I've got Calvert Lewin currently playing tomorrow. Uh, I also really am quite keen on maybe getting Harry Kane in. Um, I've got 4.6 million burning a hole in my pocket, uh, so I could could afford to put him in right now. Uh, and then I'd have a big problem with a certain Matt Ritchie stinking up my team as an eff- expensive defender who doesn't even seem to make the first team at the moment uh, for a team that doesn't that also concedes goals. So uh, I would love to get rid of him. So attempt to do a hit as well potentially, but uh, I, I sort of want to see how Everton get on. Uh, do I want to keep Calvert-Lewin? Do I want to get Kane in? I want to see how, how Kane and Spurs look. Because um, I, could, I, could, I could focus, I could get any, any defender I like in the game if I didn't, dip, didn't uh, sort of upgrade from Calvert-Lewin. So those are the areas I'm sort of looking and thinking about. Um, I'm also umming and ahhing a little bit about Salah. Uh, but whilst I've got so much money in the bank, I don't think I need that piggy bank of Salah at the moment. But uh, certainly something I'm thinking about trying to be different from Ben, uh, even if it's just for one game week before he uh, subs in my player. <laughs> yeah, and if Kane scores a hat-trick against Everton, I may not rule out bringing in Kane either. <laughs> That's good to know. I'll be If that does happen, I'll be really happy and also slightly sad at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so for my team, I've already got Kane in there. Um, he's playing Bournemouth. That's pretty delicious. Um, yeah, uh, and hopefully he doesn't get injured against, which is a, a big risk with him at the moment against Everton. Um, you guys will know that already, I'm sure. Um, transfer, what, what's my biggest problem at the moment? Uh, it's probably um, Danny Ings has got a couple of fixtures against tough defences. It'd be nice to just bench him and play someone else. Um, but that would mean getting rid of uh, Jimenez. Um, or Cantwell, and I've got 3.8 in the bank, so I could upgrade Cantwell to someone who's 8.3 million, um, which is pretty tempting, and then I'd have a a decent five in midfield, although I'm not sure how decent Traore is at the moment, um, and then I could just play Kane on his own. Um, but yeah, 8.3 as a Midfield price is tricky. It's not quite Mares, and the most you can afford outside of that in Man City, who is kind of worth it, is probably Foden, and Ben's already got him. So um, tripling up on City seems very sensible. So maybe I go to Jesus, although he's looking pretty terrible at the moment, it has to be said. Um, but yeah, everyone has Jimenez. So if I'm trying to climb the ranks and catch you two, I think you both have Jimenez, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then, uh, then he's got to go, um, and yeah, um, maybe Jesus is the kind of uh, hail mary kind of punt that is worth it with the fixtures. Um, so yeah, captaincy either Bruno or Kane. Um, yeah, depending on how maverick I want to be. But yeah, I'm enjoying being forced into the slightly more punty realms of the game. I think it's good for me. <laughs> if it work, if it works out, I might change slightly as a player. Um, actually, no, that's a complete lie. I'll just go back to being 
uh, a dullard because um, that's safe <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i mean it's it's no i don't think it's any surprise that the three dollar managers are the top three in our mini league right <laughs> at this stage of the season yeah it's like a tried and trusted method it is but then when gary is top of the league he's doing it with you know like players flair flair players scoring braces for newcastle <laughs> and it's just it's so much cooler but yeah, yeah. But do you want to be Newcastle's Keegan or do you want to be Man U under Ferguson? Uh, I'd, I'd probably be Wenger's Arsenal, but um, <laughs> the very early years. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that's the equivalent of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the whole spectrum, pretty much. Um, if you don't follow us on Twitter already, give us a follow at FPLFFFanatics. And if you like the show, please take the time to rate and review us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we'd really appreciate it and it would help more people find us and that would be brilliant. Um, so yeah, thank you for your insight, Ben. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for your insight, Matt. Cheers. Um, I like the format this week. Um, if you guys, if you, you liked it, uh, listeners, let us know on Twitter as well and, and we can do more kind of talking point pods rather than fixture preview pods in future. Um, but yeah, we will, we'll see you next game week. Thank you.